if you do have a lazy Friday afternoon at work, listeners, and you know you, you've you've read your um, Bruce News, you know, cover to cover, um, and you want some reading and a little bit of a laugh, jump on a website called Hot Copper, which is kind of like um, rate beer for shares. Um, and you get the same sort of discussions uh, about the stock market from people with a mixed variety of expertise um, in in the stock market. But just read the discussions about brew. It's fascinating. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this. And this is Good Brews Week. G'day, I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me from our Brisbane studios, it's Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. And Claire, the boom in the room, Burnett. G'day, Claire. Morning, Pete. How are we? Yeah, bloody good, thanks. Yeah, we're good. I don't, don't want to. I don't want to start off on a downer, but uh, great disappointment that I need to share with you and our listeners. Um, I, I, I popped down to the shop yesterday. I got I got uh, a bit of cash from the government, um, you know, because all of my work got cancelled, and um, I thought, well, I'm going to spend this wisely. So I, I went down to the shop um, to buy um, brew shares, and and the shop was closed. <laughs> thanks the Lord. But it wasn't all bad because on the way back from the shops. I met this really nice man called Kent, and he swapped my money for some um, magic beans. Ooh, good <laughs> so it wasn't there, a complete Pete. waste of a day. <laughs> hey, listen, um, in genuinely disappointing news, uh, and this isn't in our news as such, but um, this is one that's very close to my heart, Mubru uh, discontinuing the Hefeweizen. And Matt, we discussed this a little bit last night whilst playing online cards. Not gambling, but just as in just playing 500. Um, Which I, I, I think um, came about after we talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We did. We did indeed. And, and I am enjoying... Uh, kind of the, joined the, our crew. Yeah, the, the whole social uh, catch-up by, by internet. The, um, the, the cards is really pretty superfluous to... Um, <laughs> to the the entire production of the evening, it's it's really more about shit stirring, sledging, and and banter about blokes trying to you know just knock each other off their perch, which is which is the fun part of it. And it, as I cards sometimes interrupts that. Um, but we were talking about Mubru Hefeweizen. Was Mubru the last the the last man standing in the, terms the last of core range? Yeah, the last brewery to have a Hefeweizen in their core range, and from day dot. Well, because Burley, we did a bit of a story about 12 or 18 Hep, months. I think, is, is definitely still around, isn't it? Well, but, no, it's, it's, see, this is the core... thing. They discontinued it. We'd heard that they discontinued it. And it, it, it's a style that I've been watching um, for a while because if you go back to the you know early days of you know, when breweries were first starting, when the, the, the first round of craft breweries, you know, 15, 20 years ago. That was the second round. The first round was your... Um, oh, your, the 80s and the Matilda, Matilda Bay. Bay. Sorry, I'm, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm talking about the like the, the, the mountain goats and the whole gates yes, um, yeah. in, in the early round of the, 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 the current round. Um, but, you know, a lot of brewers did start with a Hefeweizen um, or, you know, a wheat beer or of some wit. sort. And even... Yeah. Um, a European... Or, or a, yeah, a, a wheat Belgian beer. wheat. Um, and, you know, even Redback, um, when it started way back in the 80s um, and it was the first national beer from Matilda Bay, it was a, you know, a, a German-style wheat beer. But 
as tastes have gone on and hops have really taken on and you know bolder flavors the wheat beers have really fallen by the wayside and you know so you know burley which always had their half um you know moobrews half and we, we did a story when we found out that um burley was dropping theirs and they said oh well we're not dropping it you know it'll come back as a seasonal but it's just one of those styles that doesn't really find broad market appeal, which is interesting because yeah, it, it yeah. was a style of beer that got me into craft beer. Well, this is it. You speak to the kids of today, and that's sort of like, well, Hazy's is really is what has, is what differentiates us from the, you know, the bland mob. Um, but before that, it was the the Sierra Nevada inspired little creatures pale ale style mm. beers. But before, before, before that, it was it was Hefeweizens. That was the one thing that was wow. This is even if you didn't like it. You knew you were onto something because it was so different to it. It wasn't trying to, do, it, you know, it wasn't a, mock, a, a knockoff of mainstream beer. It was something that was just completely different. Um, ben Krause at Bridge Road, um, he had a heft very early, which became, which then became a, a seasonal, and I think has has pretty much disappeared. Gone Although Ben does so. often do, you know, a Dunkelweizen or one that just arrived in my um, in my Bridge Road posse pack, um, which was a uh, a Dunkelweizen isolation cake so it was kind of a chocolate cake banana okay um chocolate dip strawberry was the um the, the tasting I, I, note descriptor. i'm pretty sure i'm right in remembering that when green beacon first launched what is now their wayfarer tropical pale which before that was wayfarer wheat and before it was that... definitely called wayfarer wheat because that was the first beer i had uh with you when you first took me to the original um green beacon yeah, when the, not long after that opened. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure it was a like it was a wheat. That, beer. that was an I reckon it was an American wheat. I don't know that no, it was I ever. Th- a, look, I, oh, I think actually, when no, they first it opened, it was a Hefeweizen that then mm. became a, a American wheat, American and then wheat ale. Gradually brought up the the, the, the hop characters, the, the more tropical hop characters in it, and you know it was always really interesting to speak to those guys because they wanted you know like when we were featuring them at the exhibition, they wanted us to feature Wayfarer wheat, but we just found that as soon as you called it Wayfarer wheat, there's something about wheat that people shunned and they just didn't like the idea of it. Um, and it's just a really interesting style that just doesn't seem to fire any imaginations in a world of, you know, really mouth-puckering sour, as you said, you know, and um, as you said, um, hop-driven beers and, and, and those sorts of styles. Whether it's the wheat or the, you know, that um, yeasty character, just doesn't really, um, you know, ring any bells for people these days. Exactly, and when you think about it, the Hefeweizen was the original hazy. Like that's, uh, that's OG hazy. But it was also a, a style of beer, as you said, Pete. It was so distinct from mainstream lagers, but it was also one of those beers that, if you read up about it, and you know the the, the classic flavour descriptors of a of a wheat beer, which is the banana and clove, and you know maybe some bubblegum. Bubble gum, um, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it made sense. It to me there. Stick with me. Um, if you, yeah, if you pulled them at a tasting and you said those words, then people smoke. Go, oh yeah, I get it. And and, and I always okay. found that you know, like when people go to a wine tasting and they've got the cravat wearing guy out the front <laughs> talking about you know you can say flog Matt. <laughs> overripe plums and wet granite and, wet granite you know all, all of you know like, all of those and you know white peach you know most people just go oh you know i i don't get that you know they they're talking about seven layers of um flavor descriptors and people don't get it and they feel that they not. E- even though you know like 
I, I have a feeling that a lot of people who do um, sort of public tastings or, you know, tastings are puffing themselves up with the, 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 the layers of taste they get. There are some very, very good tasters, but I think a lot of people are just, you know, cribbing style notes or, you know, saying whatever comes. And the average consumer who doesn't have a trained palate and gets something but can't put their name on it to the level of, um, you know, peach that is three days from being perfectly ripe and it's grown on the, you know... Um, North side of the orchard. Yeah, and, and, and they find that quite challenging and they find that quite isolating. But when you gave somebody a wheat beer and they had that compared to, you know, their everyday Forex or their Carlton Draft and you said, here is the tasting notes, they got it straight away. Um, and so that gave them a sense of hey, I can taste this um, and, you know, I'm part of this club that can I've taste I've learned that. something yeah, yeah, and well, I've improved my education. I can do this. I can taste because I taste that thing that he's saying because they were quite bold flavours. And uh, But a, a, as we have moved on and you start getting, um, you know, the, 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 the bold hop characters or the sour um, characters from bacteria and yeast, they're the flavours that people can grab onto. But... You know, I, I do wonder whether we have moved into, particularly with some of the hop varietals, if you are somebody that is a really passionate craft beer person um, and you, you know, you can taste the difference in Sabro over, you know, any of the, um, you know, Cascade or, you know, whatever style, you've trained your palate and you can actually taste a difference and you can have a favourite hop and d- describe why. But I think for a lot of people... They know what they like when they try it without being able to, to give that um, level of explanation. And Exactly. And sometimes we just need to channel old Grandpa Simpson and just eat the damn orange. <laughs> yeah. Drink it because you like it. You know, That's it. Yes. Drink it. Don't overthink it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, I think um, whilst that particular element of beer tasting you know, benefited you know, Belgian wheat beers and uh, wheat beers in the early days, these days, you know, they, 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 as I say, they just don't ring any bells for people, and they can They've be a little bit. They've served a purpose, but it's time to move on. Speaking of time to move on, um, now before we do, um, uh, Moobrew, you can jump onto their Facebook page and leave a story um, about your love for um, reminiscing the Hef, and they will send you a case, not of Hef because they don't make it anymore, but it'll be something else nice. Just while we're talking, Moobrew, uh, I, I think we need to um, say, you know, farewell. To uh, to a someone you know, a bit of a legend um, in, in in the brewing scene, um, Dave a McGill. Bit. Yeah, Dave McGill, who's moving Retiring, on to projects on. as yet un mysterious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he said when I spoke to him for the article, he said like I don't really want whatever new project it is to overshadow you know the achievements I've uh, had at Mill Brew and. You know, it said it's been an amazing 14 years and he's seen the industry change so much. So it was really good to have a chat with him and just see, you know, his view. He's been in Tasmania for that long and he said that the um, industry there has been, despite it being such a small place, it's been, that it's been a really strong and growing industry there, which is um, awesome. And yeah, he's a really great dude. So I'm sure he'll do some really cool things later on. Well, Dave also has, has overseen the, the biggest change, which was, you know, you've got Bogues in the north and Cascade in the south, and then there was not much else until Moobrew came along. You've now got Shambles, you've now got Captain Bly's, you've now got Hobart. the Winston, you've yeah, now yeah. got Hobart Brewing Co. You know, like it, it's, it really has spurred on, um, I think there's a dozen, 16, 17 maybe, 
um, breweries now in, and, and it, it's difficult to argue that mo- many of those wouldn't have survived without, you know, the trailblazing that, um, uh, you know, and hats off to guys like OJ, to Johnny Burridge, um, to Stuart Ritchie, who was one of the early brewers there, yes, and Dave McGill and his that. team, who have, um, yeah, piggybacked off. The, and, and fun fact too, for those listening out there, Mona um, recently took over from Cadbury as Tasmania's um, most popular tourist destination. So this, the people are still going to Cadbury, but they're going to make, you know, Mona is the one that they um, they make sure that they, if they've only got a day, we'll, we'll go there. That's interesting. Actually, that, yeah. that, that is really significant, really interesting yeah, because, cool. you know, like I remember, mm. you know, even from, you know, the, the way back days of uh, being a kid, you know, whenever anyone would go to Tasmania for holidays, Cadbury was always you went on. down to Claremont. Yeah, and, and they always visited and they came down back the and factory. said, oh, you know, if you were for Cadbury's, you can eat as much chocolate as you want. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound nice after a while. Well, no, because the theory was that you become sick of it after a while. Yeah. So you just sort of, you know, you do it, it, it just, yeah, it's just a it, product. It, it was one of those big things of Tasmania. And now, if you think of, um, you know, Tasmania, you absolutely do think of, uh, you know, Mona um, and Dark Mofo, which are, which have really activated Tassie and Hobart in particular as being a very, very vibrant uh, tourism centre. And can I just That's say it. that Cadbury's over here is foul. So sorry about that, everyone. Australian Cadbury's Born, is, is the home of of Cadbury, and it is it is very different. And if you taste the stuff that's made for the American market, different again. Oh yeah, Americans can't do chocolate very well. I don't know. No, they can't, make tea, they can't make oh tea. Oh my god! <laughs> Matt sent me a video this morning. I was furious, absolutely furious. This American woman decided to do a, like a little YouTube clip. Oh my god, I was raging. Of she put how to make tea, how to make tea, and she put the water first. In the microwave. Because Americans what don't have kettles. Budge. That yeah, exactly. That, and then she put what does she do? She put the, then she put the milk in. Then she put the milk in the hot water. Well got five guns each, but I got no kettle. And then the sh- she poured like poured. Oh god, <laughs> she just like, freestyled the sugar on oh. how to trigger an English person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was kind of like an instructional video in on in how to do it. Oh, I kicked off. But I think this anyway, is a beer podcast. We, yes, we must keep moving. A, d- Although, a, d- a different kind of brew. I apologise. Tea is the second most popular beverage in the world. There you go. After beer? Beer is the third. No, no. Uh, water. Oh, water. Then, then tea, then beer. Ah. Anyway, so uh, get a hold of Dave McGill and tell him you love him. Tell him what you love about the Hef um, and send off a, uh, a thing. Make sure you do it on a secure server. Oh, speaking of which, cyber attack <laughs> hits Lion. Lion has suffered a cyber attack, which forced it to shut down its IT systems, causing disruption to suppliers and customers. Lion explained it was working hard to, quote, minimise disruption to customers and suppliers, unquote, although it is not clear yet what form that disruption will take. Uh, its breweries have been affected with reports that production has shut down across a number of brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so they've updated that. Yeah, they updated it later on in the day after we'd written that, saying basically, yeah, we've had to shut down production. We don't think there's been any data breaches, but they don't know that yet. Um, I, I had a chat to a professor at UNSW, and he's in really big on the cybersecurity thing, and he was just like, look, you don't know what's gone. It could be the beer recipes. It could be IP. It could be anything. Um, so it's obviously a major deal for Lion and a bit of a crap time for them. As Would well. it be the worst thing uh, if if the recipe for 4X got out? <laughs> I'd be intrigued. <laughs> well, then, let me see. Sugar Tetra water. hop extract. Sugar. <laughs> um, Lots of sugar. Some malt. 
yeah, I, I, it, it, but it could be. And, you know, as um, the professor told uh, Claire, you know, should, Lion has recently sold um, their dairy operations to China. Um, you know, it, it, it could have been that, you know, trying to find out whether they, they paid a fair price. Basically, we don't know. Um, but in terms of what it means for beer, um, you know, obviously Lion, A, from a, you know, a spin standpoint point aren't saying too much, and then also the legitimate concerns about you know not wanting to give too much away uh, about the business. But over the last two or three weeks, we have had a number, particularly since the um, you know beer trucks have started flowing, we've seen lots of media releases about the beer trucks are flowing across to Perth and the beer <laughs> trucks are, are, are driving up to to the NT. Um, big promotional benefit, but we're also getting lots of stories um, and seeing lots of discussion that, you know, for example, publicans um, haven't been able to get their full orders or they're being rationed um, on what they're doing. And I think we touched on it a little bit last week. Um, we did. That, yeah, so, you know, they might, you know... It, now, it, more it, importantly, do we do we know, was this a, a targeted attack or did somebody just open a... An attachment that they shouldn't have. Well, the timing of it, I think, was people have said is an interesting one because obviously with the um, Chinese acquisition, it's like a, a bit like right now. Is that it seems a bit too coincidental if you see what I mean? Um, but they reckon that we've sort of heard on the grapevine, and the professor reckons that's probably one of the biggest ways that it would happen: a ransomware attack via like a phishing email. So yes, yeah, so from the sounds of it, someone's opened something there or whatever and it's infected the whole system didn't have their, didn't have their McAfee up to date no exactly, exactly. <laughs> perhaps perhaps it was a, a an employee trying to cash in and jump on the ASX website to buy some brew shares <laughs> brew has been asked to explain their share price spike in which well, <laughs> now, well, well it went up by 100% relatively it, speaking it went up yes. by 100% from 1 cent to 2 cent what's going on there <laughs> Please explain. Uh, beleaguered listed brewery Brew has been placed in a trading halt after the ASX queried a recent share price hike. The letter from the ASX noted the unusual price movements, which saw, saw Brew share price rise from a low of 0.015 cent <laughs> per share to a high of 0.026 on both the 5th and the 9th of June. It also said that it noted significant increase in the volume of BEE's securities. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I just thought uh, I'd add that note in because... Uh, Very nice. We no, live that's in good. Dr- yeah. Shows you do research and it justifies your paycheck. So that's excellent. Um, <laughs> yes, B E E A S X code for brew. Um, what do we? Uh, not much more to say, really, is it? It's just for us, it's the gift that keeps on giving. But, no, but um, I, I am willing is this, to bet. Is this the beginning of? Is, is not the end of the beginning, but the beginning of the end? Well, we, we, we've been saying so. that it, it, it's it's a little bit it's like all of the columnists yeah, who yeah. say that you know people are finally starting to wake up to Trump. Is Brew the Black Knight? <laughs> yeah, well, but, but, you know, it, 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 every week somebody, way. and yet America just keeps rolling on. Yeah, um, you know, we've been saying you know since James Atkinson was our our, our um, reporter on the Brew Beat. I read some um, of his articles <laughs> like from a few years ago, and yeah. he was like, "Yeah, Brew have been doing terribly for the and, past and four quarters." But every every quarter. Um, you know, yeah, Kent manages to flog off just out. enough shares to sort yeah. of keep the uh, wolves exactly. from the door. But I, don't, you know, having seen that, even though their last quarter results were only affected by I think thirty minutes of um, COVID, um, <laughs> and yet they blame that for the entire um, yeah, debacle exactly. that was their, their last quarter. I'm willing to bet that they're going to say that they were hacked by the Chinese as well <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're expecting like $20 they're million dollars from, from China. Yeah, that's supposed to be happening December, so I'll keep a careful eye on this. But, I mean, the thing 
to say is that I've been working the stock markets since I left uni, basically, over in England and now here. And I have never seen anybody in a trading halt. This has happened three times in the past 18 months for Brew. One of them was they asked for it because they had the Queensland distribution um, agreement. And then the other time was exactly the same as this. It was an unusual spike, which indicates it could be a lot of things but i think but that took that, that spike took it to like four cents or six yeah. cents back then <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so it meant more back then but it's really really unusual to see this on an, in a normal company to see this amount of trading halts um and for the asx to actually write a letter and say what the f like what has happened here are you doing basically it implies insider trading or some other dodgy dealings going on in the background. Not that we allegedly. know anything about that. Yeah, allegedly. If, allegedly. If, if you do have a lazy Friday afternoon at work, listeners, and you know you, you've you've read your um, Bruce News, you know, cover to cover, um, and you want some reading and a little bit of a laugh, jump on a website called Hot Copper, which is oh. kind of like um, rate beer for shares. It's magical. Um, and you get the same sort of discussions uh, about <laughs> the, the, the stock market. <laughs> From people with a, a mixed variety of expertise um, in in the stock market, but to just read the discussions about yeah. brew, which is fascinating. And we get some honourable mentions on there as well on Bruising, which I sometimes is nice and sometimes <laughs> it's not. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're referred to as keeping the bastards honest. Um, now, the large brewers, our next story, large brewers call for excise freeze rather than distortionary handouts. The Brewers Association, so separate from the IBA, this is the Brewers Association, which is CB, Lion and Coopers, um, has called for the Australian government to freeze excise in advance of the next scheduled increase, which is due in August. The statement calling to put a cap on Australia's beer tax from the peak body uh, described the price of a beer in Australia as already over the top. And nobody, I don't think, listening to this will disagree with that. The BA's call for an excise freeze were broadly supported by the IBA. Yeah, look, just a bit of background on this story. So got got a media release from the Brewers Association, and they have been very active on the whole uh, the excise, excise thing. thing. They do it every time, though. Don't twice they? a year, excise goes up. Um, and, Pete, I, I will cavil with you because I'm not somebody who automatically um, says – Beer is too expensive in Australia. Um, you know, as a consumer, I would like my beer to be cheaper. Um, mm. But when you look at the policy uh, objectives that Excise um, aims to 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 achieve, we are still, you know, the, the big brewers always point to the fact that Australia has more excise on alcohol than any other country, or you know, we're one of the top few. Um, you know, our beer is so the second, second highest amount of tax in the world behind either Liechtenstein or Sweden, I think. Absolutely. Switzerland. But at the same time, we're also one of the highest consumers of beer in the world. So, um, and... and uh, number, number 23 at the moment. Yeah, but it's I mean... It's still pretty it, high, I guess. It's still pretty per, high. Per capita. Um, it has dropped. Well, we, we were in the top 10. Yeah. Oh, wow. Early, yeah, early doors. But, and, and that, but that was pre-drink um, driving laws and, you know, all of that when... Um, oh, for sure. So, so, so yeah, you, don't, so, you, don't, you, don't, you don't think we pay too much in in beer tax? I, well, I, I, I'm not arguing that, but I, I'm not mm. arguing that we pay too. Well, we, we we pay a lot. Whether we pay too much is what the the, the government's policy objectives are. Um, and you know, beer has gone. You know, alcohol um, has gone from the you know early to mid last century of being a bit of a luxury item um, to being. Uh, a commodity, and the, the the government uses excise to you know a, as a syntax essentially. 
So, yeah, so look, depending on what they're using the excise for, if it's achieving that goal of making alcohol more expensive so we drink less of it, I don't instinctively ob- object to that. Um, but that, that's, a, that's a whole separate thing, you know, and I, I, don't, want, I yeah. don't want to get into that argument. But um, in, in terms of um, the, the, the excise debate, it, it, it's very interesting to, to watch how the big brewers are positioning the, the discussion because I've got the distillers um, who, you know, the, the distillers obviously say that they're paid, they pay far too much tax. You've got the wine industry that, you know, has all of its wet tax, which... Um, yeah, they, they, they tend to be suspiciously quiet yes, when it comes to talking about how high excise... So this oh, media release made a big thing of, you know, we've got all of the peak bodies sort of agreeing that we should put a cap on beer tax because they can't agree on how alcohol should be taxed because they've all got different, you know, the, the um, wine industry wants to keep their, you know, little, um, you know, wet uh, rebate, the distilled spirits just wants us, you know, a, a flat tax because that will bring them... Yeah, back to beer. Beer wants its own uh, perspectives, um, and so the one thing that they can all agree on is stop rising. You know, raising it. But it was interesting that the media release that they said, um, the, the, the Brewers Association said, and the thing about this is that we're just concerned about consumers. There's nothing in it for us if the government puts. You know, <laughs> you know, just the, the the hoops that they're putting their way through. But anyway, I, I was just sort of covering the. Um, Covering the story, just going to put it out as a as a media release. But I jumped on the to the website just to see if there was any Brewers Association, and I found this interesting little so article. Yeah. Um, all froth and no beer. I thought I'll, I'll read that. That sounds like it's about of it. And it was a um, the CEO of the Brewers Association in the same site that he's saying, you know, we're all on the same page. Um, you know, has written <laughs> this this article essentially saying that um, responding to the to the IBA, um, the Independent Brewers Association, that has been calling for an increase in the rebate that they get as, as small producers. Um, and the, the, so the big brewers are essentially saying that it's you know distortionary and that it um, in, encourages mediocrity. Um, and uh, the, the really interesting thing, and, and this, this is where the, the, the discussion um, becomes really interesting and it becomes very much about your, your, your political debate. Um, it says, uh, usually small brewers are some mates having a crack at making beer for a living. So they want to completely trivialise mm-hmm. the, the, the craft beer industry. And um, But that romanticism doesn't change the fact that the 650 independent breweries um, make up less than 5% of the Australian beer market. Um, now, it makes up less than 5% when you take out the breweries that the big brewers have bought because those mates having a crack, um, you know... Have become very profitable are also, and worthwhile. And yeah, they're, they're making some pretty good gear. And they're having gear. a crack on their luxury yachts. <laughs> yeah, well, now, yeah, now they are. Um, oh, it's so, but so then the, the other argument that the, uh, the IBA says is that, you know, we employ so many people, which is, you know, very true. And that's because of the inherent inefficiencies of craft beer. So the big brewers then want to have a crack at that. You know, so saying, oh, that's why our, you know, independent beer is so expensive. When the other thing is, when it suits the big brewers, for example, when AB InBev wants to sell CUB, they're willing to talk about how the Australian beer industry is the most profitable in the world. Um, you know, so the margins that the big brewers are getting because it's so highly concentrated makes it very profitable for them. So, you know, the, the, the big brewers want to say, um, you know, Australians are paying too much tax and therefore they're paying over the odds for their beer, but they don't want to sort of say, mind you, 
a lot of that's gone in our pocket as well because the government has let us become so highly concentrated. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, we want a little bit of uh, everything that goes our way and we want to have a, um, you know, say no to the things that that we don't like. And going back to the excise debate, Pete, that's where, you know, I think, look, if the government wants to say that, you know, we're going to increase excise to make sure that, you know, um, beer doesn't become too cheap, which is what I presume they would be saying, then they can still use their, um, you know, that excise as a lever that can be targeted towards benefiting, you know, elements of the, um, you know, industry that yeah, it wants no, totally to my, my key objection is that it automatically goes up twice a year, regardless of what's happening with CPI, regardless of what the economy is doing without yeah. regard and, to any of the other factors that influence, you know, why and when and how people enjoy yeah. their beer. And, and I can't speak to, to the policy reasons why they do that. Um, but, you know, like, so... Because they've done it, because it's now, August will be the 75th time in a row, or 73rd 72nd. time. 72nd, is it? I think we already had 72nd. Yeah, Wasn't I that... heard it. it's been up, going up for like 30 uh, years or something mental. Yeah, yeah, twice a year. Oh, tell it. I can't wrap my head around that. Uh, Australians have endured shocking. 71 consecutive beer tax increases since 1983. We don't need to make it 72. <laughs> Bloody hell. There you go. I mean, that is a bit excessive. If you tax the, increase the tax on anything else, even that was comparable... I think people will kick off about it. I but, understand your point. Yeah, totally but, but, but excise is one of those things that, you know, wherever you stand, you can make an argument. Um, as somebody said on the um, on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the big brewery maxim is it's only a, it's only a, a rort if, you're, if you're, you're not included in it. Um, you know, if you're included in it, it's not a rort and everyone can make a justification for themselves. And, uh, you know, I, look, personally, I, I think, you know, craft brewers are inefficient. Um, but they employ a lot of people, and you know, if I would much rather see more people employed in craft beer as an expensive, you know, thing, um, uh, and and give those brewers um, tax rebates so they can potentially bring the price of their beer down um, and have mainstream beer um, more expensive, um, because you know, I I, I think that to some extent, levels the playing field that a highly concentrated uh, market does. And also because, you know, it does it does keep your money here, you know, if you're drinking independent beer. Well, or does it? As we talked about last week, that's, you know, that, that's an argument that I think uh, you've got to be very careful about making. Because, Especially now, because Asahi yeah. does pay tax now. So. Well, Asahi did, but will they now start claiming the tax, you know, the, the mm. carry-forward losses? I'd- I'd have to ask an accountant on that well, one. We'll, we'll find out in due course. Mm. These and many other discussions can be had on the floor of Gabs, um, which has just announced a new date. So the Gabs Craft Beer and Cider Festival has announced a final reschedule of its Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane dates. So the organisers uh, first postponed the events back in March when the initial impact of COVID-19 restrictions were were, be, well, were being mooted um, and certainly uh, hinted at. And so uh, proactively, the dates were moved. Um, they've now recently been moved again, and we can announce that Gabs in Melbourne will now be uh, Friday, October 30th till Sunday, the 1st of November, which is a change from uh, 7th to 9th of August. Uh, at, thank goodness, the Royal Exhibition Building. Gabs in Brisbane is moving to the Brisbane Convention and Exhibition Centre on Saturday, the 14th of November. Uh, that's a change from the 26th of September. And Sydney. Sydney gets two days, two sessions. Friday the 27th and Saturday the 28th of November uh, at the Sydney Showground. So there we go. 
And we're going to obviously enjoy. Auckland uh, cancelled. Oh yeah. Um, because well, yeah, unfortunately, with the uh, even, even with the Trans Tasman bubble, uh, yeah, just the logistics and the mm. it, it's it's easier just to say, look, you know, let's just make it bigger and better next year. Yeah, and and you know, good good luck to it to all of the events that are rescheduled. Um, you know, here's hoping a you know trying to put a lot of events into a small corner of the year. Um, and just with the general kerfuffle, hopefully they all uh, sort of do well, um, so we can sort of see them back, um, you know, next year. And, and well, we've all been sitting around for the last two months, sitting on our freckle, uh, having a rest, um, you know, sucking in the deep ones. So like, we're, we should be all fired up now to go hard in the last half of the year and get all of our things out of the way um, in a couple of months. So it, it's a it's a sprint, not a marathon this time. Uh, Matt, Claire, Amazon Australia. Do you use Amazon? No, I don't. I've got a problem with Amazon, so I put my money where oh. my mouth is and don't. Okay. I'll be honest with you, Pete. I, I do use it, and it, like, it's one of the things I'm really conflicted about. But a- Amazon's Kindle, isn't it? Because I, I buy Kindle yeah. books. Amazon is Kindle. Um, and Amazon. Prime yeah. and the telly. And in Prime. So, yeah, I've, I've got Amazon Prime. But it, it is one of those things that gives me an insight into the mindset of people that aren't you know, passionate about beer um, and, and the decisions that they make because, you know, like I like to support bricks and mortar shops, um, although it can be incredibly hard to work out which ones are owned, you know, locally and which ones have their clothes made in sweatshops and, um, you know, all of those sorts of things um, and, and being an informed consumer there. But every now and then, just the convenience of, you know, uh, just to give it like a really personal example, um, I was getting tired of my uh, my pastry in the freezer getting freezer burn, and I knew that there were little pastry, you know, decor pastry things you can put your pastry in. It's good pie design, Matt. And uh, I just could not be asked um, going to the shops just to try and track down this one little pastry. Oh, that could be anywhere, to be fair to yeah. you. Um, and jump on Amazon. It's there with uh, Amazon Prime Delivery. Get it the next day. I hated myself a little bit for thinking that way, but it was convenience. And it you know, it, it reclaimed several hours of my day to make a purchase um, of a $15 thing that turned up without a delivery fee because I'm a Prime member. Um and it was absolutely a case of convenience and price over any other social ill that I'm causing uh, by using it. But you know that, that's a purchasing decision. That I think a lot of people yeah. Make. Well, there, there are over 125 million items already available on Amazon.com.au, uh, and as Matt, you said, with free delivery if you're a, a Prime member. Um, we're now adding wine, beer, and spirits. So we're looking at uh, Lorenia State. Uh, curative cocktails, Sophie Spritz, which are up and coming or emerging local brands, but then you've also Penfolds, VB, Johnny Walker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a look, quick look on it, and we've also got some of the usual sp- suspects like Young Henry's on there and a couple of other people that uh, have got yeah. independent, like actual. I had, I had a look because obviously they're not craft beer. So I was just like, I wonder who else is there. Who, who's there? And, and, yeah. and this is the thing. Like I've seen some really sort of, you know, impassioned pleas against using Amazon. Um, and it, it, it does have, you know, as I said. It, it, based, it, on, based on what specifically? Well, just, just that um, you've They're got terrible somebody. Terrible employment practices. Terrible employment practices pay, you know, put so much downward pressure to make small niche brands, um, you know, out, um, you know, un- uncompetitive. Um, Jeff. 
Bezos. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, people can look at it from a whole lot of different ways. But then again, when you look at it, like a brewery like Young Henry's um, selling on it, and you're sort of thinking, well, on one hand, you know, they're flying the Keeping Local Alive um, flag. They're, um, you know, sort of talking about being the, you know, Marrickville um, or, you know, Darling Marrickville. Newtown. Newtown. Um, you know, the, the, the craft beer, even though a lot of their beer comes out of uh, Melbourne. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but, you know, they, they really have created this brand about being the, the, the new Newtown-centric thing. But then when it comes to their business... They're quite happy to sell through um, Boozebud, which is owned by AB InBev um, or ZX Ventures, or I think it's now Asahi because of the to the transfer. They're willing to sell on Amazon. That, that's the inherent contrast in our capitalist system. Um, you've got people who, that want to take the advantage of being small and local, but then when it suits them, sell. And I, I, I don't know what the answer and, and I'm not having a go at Young Henry's or any brand that decides to do it. But it's one of those things that, you know, how, how do you convince people that your small local business is worth supporting when you also send the counter signal that you're willing to support a big, you know, one of the, the big behemoths that's going to put out a, a lot of the small businesses mm-hmm. out, you know, arguably put the small businesses out. And, and I don't know what the answer to that is. Everyone's going to make that decision for themselves. What do you think, Pete? So cause, like, you, you often sit on the fence for these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Are, are you an Amazon user? Uh, I don't think I've ever bought anything through Amazon. I say apart from um, Kindle, Kindle books, uh, but wherever wherever possible, I, I'm still. I must have been. I'm a bit of a a book in hand person mm. if I can. Oh but, yeah, me too. And and a lot of the books that I've got, I've also I've got on Kindle. I've then also um, got in in real because I like to be able to take one Kindle like when I'm travelling. So on the plane, because you know you get instead of having to you know, flick through books and then go, oh, I'm going to be bored of this and need something different. You just flick something else. Um, But look, uh, evolutionary biology tells us that we are are hardwired to seek um, efficiency. So if you look at, you know, everything, people complain about the self-service things at supermarkets. Well, if oh, we're putting uh, checkout chicks out of of work. Well, hang on, but checkout chicks put the local... Yeah, put the local uh, grocery out of business. You know, <laughs> my grandmother and grandfather owned a small milk bar back in the days where you had a tin of, you know, teddy bear biscuits and somebody would come in. Usually the seven-year-old would be sent down with a, a little paper list and you'd hand that over and then you'd come back in the afternoon and they would, you know, they, they'd put it all together for you. Um, then all of a sudden we became more efficient by putting in, you know, barcoding and scanning and all that sort of. So my point is we we seek efficiency. We don't necessarily use the downtime that it gives us, you know, the yeah. whole thing of, oh, you know, oh, more leisure time. Well, no, we tend to just, you know, waste more time. Um, so I think Amazon being, you know, I can see, you know, bigger is not necessarily better, but in your example that you gave, Matt, it, 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 if your time is worth X amount per hour, look at what you saved by, you know, spending 15 bucks once rather than having to get in a car, go to four different places and still not find what you were looking for or whatever it might be. Um, I think I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with, with looking for efficiency and I can see why a brand like um, Young Henry's would want to get their product out to more more people more efficiently. Yeah, and I think you're right though, Pete. It's, and that's the thing. That's why we, it's good that we all talk about it because everybody has a different opinion on it. Nobody's necessarily wrong or right. 
it's just what you value in yourselves in your life and if you can sort of put your money where your mouth is on that then go for it but if that's not something that's a priority to you then that's fine but even in the yeah. in the beer industry, and <laughs> we are a beer podcast, um, <laughs> contrary to how this one's going. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I've always, you know, uh, I've got a couple of small independent bottle shops that I prefer to frequent, um, and I tend to buy you know independent craft beer because I can see you know very directly the impact that the independent innovators have had on the you know, on, on the beer market and I want to support them because I want to see that keep happening. But and, then... And that's what butters our bread. And, and that's what, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and, and, and that matters to me. But then there's a whole range of industries that, you know, I'm, I'm just as happy to pick up, you know, there, there are so few good bakeries um, where I am. So I'll pick up a you know, loaf of Woolies bread at a ridiculously cheap price um, rather than make four or five stops on the way, but then I'm also seeing myself as, as, as the beer industry matures, um, and you know, as we've talked about, independence matters till it doesn't, and you know, um, businesses that are celebrating, you know, one element of the industry that benefits them and adds to their particular marketing story, but then don't necessarily live that through the support that they give other businesses, you know, and you know, through selling on Amazon, you start thinking, well, if it doesn't matter to you, why should it matter to me? Um, but that's also why I think our businesses that, you know, and breweries, that, that the, the way that they conduct their business is consistent with the way that they present themselves as well. Um, but I can help you out, Matt, with uh, tracking down, if you're after some really good artisan sourdough, mm-hmm. there's about 6.3 million people making it on Facebook <laughs> yeah. at the moment. <laughs> so just hit one of them up for a loaf. Bloody impressive. Please, anyway, yeah. uh, moving It'll be on, interesting to see story. what impact uh, Amazon does have. Mm, we'll see. We I might have a see. chat to some retail expert about it and just be like, what? Because they're late to the game. They're so late to the party and on that. Let's face it, if, if I've got a six-pack of independent craft beer delivered to me by drone within, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to be on that. <laughs> Fair play. Can't argue with that. Uh, let's see. Uh, the next one kind of segues into it, I guess, uh, unintentionally. New online booze laws to thwart delivery cowboys. Uh, the New South Wales government is cracking down on same-day alcohol sales with new obligations to ensure minors and intoxicated people are not able to order online. This came after a research survey by VicHealth found that more than a third of people who used on-demand alcohol services said they were given alcohol without their ID being checked, including about a quarter of people aged 18 to 24. The same research found over a quarter of respondents had sourced alcohol using Airtasker, an online casual jobs site. 71% of weekly users said they regularly received their orders despite being intoxicated. There we go. It's uh, the proposed New South Wales... Using Airtasker, does that mean yeah, you sort of... You get asked somebody you, on Airtasker to go could, buy could your Could you alcohol? shoot down and grab me a... Well, we've, uh, we've, we've used Airtasker to, to shift grog before. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, to, to, for, for the exhibition. You know, that's for somebody with a ute, but, you know... Yeah. I mean, that's somebody okay, sitting at you know, home. Like, yeah. 10, 10, 10 kegs of beer. We weren't we, we, intoxicated. I can actually see it, but I don't know how you... I, I don't know how you we could... We weren't asked for idea, though. I, I really Matt, don't know Matt how. No, you... we're not asked for ID. Yeah. Unless Airtasker oh, banned that. Well, but how do you do it? You know, I'd, you just have a code word of you know, I need somebody to pop down to the motorcycle shop to pick me up a four pack of motorcycle parts. Um, <laughs> and, they, and they come back with a slab of um, of Young Henry's engine oil. Engine oil, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, so how do you cramp down, clamp, clamp down on that? But, Imperial you know, stout or something. Yeah. At the same, same time, it is a you know, legitimate issue. Look, I'd, I'd be really interested in seeing the respondents to this, whether it's, you know... The same people, fair use. The, the same, yeah. <laughs> um, 125. Sorry, the same person. Alcohol ads. Um, Didn't mean to know. over-egg that pudding. This is why I bang so much about if the industry doesn't get its own house in order, you are going to have very vocal calls to be regulated. And that's whether it's ABAC or, you know, the... Um, nature, nature despises a vacuum. It does. But if you're going to push the limits, somebody's Something going to come in and set place. limits and the limits exactly. are never going to be set where you want them yourself. No, that's right. So anyway, so it'll be interesting to see because, uh, you know, again, it, it, it is potentially problematic. And it's also unfair to... One of the points I've seen is if you go into a bottle shop um, and you are visibly drunk, they under RSA, shouldn't be serving you. So, and and same, same as at a bar. But if you've got these online delivery services um, and they're just sort of dropping off a carton um, you know, in half an hour, then there is, a, there is obviously a problem. Again, we're not doing anything differently. We're just doing it more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. And, and look, I, I get... Only yes, if the same be, rules apply to, to the new business. Yeah, yeah, no, fair call. Yep. Um, it's difficult too, if, unless all of your delivery drivers are, are RSA trained. And at the end of the day, if you get a party of you know ten people and you order a couple of slabs to you know because you're starting to run low, mm. and old mate brings them around on the um, on the scooter, you, if there's any issue, you're going to send the least drunk person to the yeah. door to sign and, for it and anyway. That's always how you police it, yeah. <laughs> But because so, these are the things that policy, yeah. But these are the, the things that the government policy people have to come up with, and because it, you know they, they try and cater to loopholes, you're going to have this really, really unwieldy, unworkable legislation, um, or they're just going to ban it outright. And I think it would be a shame if you know delivery. Yeah, we, we've seen the importance of home delivered alcohol to craft brewers during the the, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So, but plan ahead, people. If you're leaving it till eleven o'clock and you realise you're running out of beer, I question your party. Um, Your dedication to organisation, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and whatever happened to just people bringing their own, putting into the anyway. bath, mm. you know, that's it. And you wait until the uh, yeah, like, all, like all the good stuff at, goes. Whoever brought all the West the, End the, or whoever brought the, the yeah, Southwark, um, that's you know. it. But in the old days too, you'd have the lucky dip at the end of the night because you'd have a heap of green and brown bottles where all the labels had <laughs> had come off, leached off, and you go. I don't know what it is, but but it's one AM, so I don't care. They probably should have spoken to Rowling's label stickers and packaging for labels that won't come off in the bath. Brewers, Jeez. if you're still applying self adhesive labels to your bottles and cans, and believe that this is a sustainable solution for your packaging needs, you may want to call Rowling's label stickers and packaging to discuss your options with them. Call the guys on one three hundred eight five two two three five to find out more. Uh, and speaking of beer, which you can put in a fridge, you can put in an esky, or in the bath. Um, the best place to buy it from, if you want your online sales, is Beer Cartel. Matt, because we're about to dive into the mailbag. All letter writers will receive a Bruise News bottle opener, or will they, Matt? Breaking news. Have we got something new for the guys? We, we, we do. We, we have we announce it now? Uh, some Deb Blue um, gingerbread. From Deb Blue Bakes? From Deb Blue Bakes. Um, some gingerbread uh, with our logo on. And, it's delicious. Uh, it's more than just a gimmick because the gingerbread Have you had actually... one already, Claire? Hmm? I've had a few, actually. 
Have you? Oh, she sent us some hearts, so we didn't have to eat our own logo. With a cup of tea? With a cup of tea, yeah. How did you make your tea? The <laughs> right kettle. way, Pete, the right way. Yorkshire one tea for each person and one kettle. for the pot. Turn it three times, let it draw. Anyway, Pete, Don't pour it's it a yet. Science. <laughs> it's a science. But anyway, we do thank our, our good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our Letter of the Week. Somebody, you know, and give us a review uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, not because we want and crave your uh, approval, but because it yeah. does help uh, for other people to find the podcast and um, and get the same enjoyment from it that you do. And also, and it's always you know, and also we need your reviews this week. We need your engagement because uh, we're Ooh, we're, we're up, up against the dealer in the podcasting. So yeah, this, this is this is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> like so Steve, fun Steve, <laughs> Steve over at uh, at Sunday Sesh who also uh, does Aussie Beer podcasts where Aussie Beer pods. Uh, I think it's the Facebook page. Where he tracks so, it on Instagram. Yeah, it tracks, basically tracks the um, engagement and that sort of thing. And uh, through the boredom of uh, not having actual sport, uh, yeah, has created a, a bit of a fantasy league. And it's, it's the big, this is, this, is the, this is the clutch game this week. We're up against uh, the Chosen Brew. No, no, we were Chosen Brew last week. We, uh, oh, was it? No, the yeah, we, we were up week, against the Beer Healer this week. Oh, the Beer Healer. We yeah. Two, yeah. Wow, wow, and he, uh, he, he, he works the social media hard. Yeah, no, did you hear he's uh, a really great um, interview with a great friend of ours, um, Brian Hamilton. <laughs> Brian Hamilton? No, sorry. Brian Watson. Brian Watson from Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, uh, you, didn't, you haven't listened to it? I haven't had a chance to catch know. up on that it's one great, yet, And look, to, to Chris's credit, uh, it just made, yeah, just absolutely, um, it just made one of those, you know, cracking errors, but, but kept it in. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I've, I've been was, panicking all Hamilton week because we had Kylie. Did this beautiful intro. And the and the the very mild mannered and and just great sense of humour, uh, Brian Watson. You could just hear him sort of giggling in the background, waiting for Chris to get through his beautifully worded um, intro, and then said, "So welcome to the beer healer, Brian Hamilton." That's Brian Watson. <laughs> oh, is it? No. So, but he did well. He did well to keep it in. So yeah. So us versus the beer healer this week. But I, I've been panicking, yeah. and it's so easy to do. I've been panicking all week. Um, that. In my intro to um, Kylie Lethbridge, um, that I called her Kirsty because it, uh, did you for call some Kirsty. No, I don't think I, I did. I don't think you did. I don't think no, I did. No, I've, I've listened to it. it, it You're I, all right. Kylie and Kirsty are just two Joe of those would have names. Because you would have said Kylie at some point, and, and Joe would have cut and pasted that in over the Kirsties anyway. If you had, we think of Kirsty Crooks maybe, uh, which is actually Christy Crooks. Yeah, just it, it, it's one of those names, you know, um, child yeah. of the seventies, you know, um, Kylie and Kirsty, you know. Every girl's middle name was Louise, and on the same, for some reason, I'm the same with Mark and Paul. I'll meet somebody, and I'll go. I know you're either a Mark or a Paul, cool. but uh, yeah, uh, until I meet you the second time, I, I, yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, my brain mixes Marks yep. and Pauls. There you go. Um, so don't forget to review us on review us on iTunes, or you can send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. And you can also join our Facebook group, which is a heap of fun. Just search Radio Brews News and use the code word. Soapbox. And thank you to everyone that posts. Uh, yeah, look, we, we've got this you know, incredible um, research resource um, of people posting <laughs> really interesting stuff. Um, in, in you know, yeah, obviously listen to, to the things that um, grab our interest on the podcast and share there. So yeah, so there's some really yeah, interesting thanks, stuff. Guys. Yeah. Uh, Steve Levian uh, from the, in the Facebook group, who's a, um, a regular contributor, Sydney correspondent reporting in on the new normal. <laughs> We've a got a lot of these correspondents, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> we don't pay them that I, much, do we? I'm more than happy for people to be self-appointed. Yeah, um, happy with that. 
you know, our, we've got our French correspondent. We're, Steve Levian is our yeah. self-appointed Sydney correspondent. Daniel Reed <laughs> reports in regularly from uh, Bendigo in the central goldfields region. Uh, Sydney correspondent reporting in on the new normal. A group of us visited a few Sydney inner city venues yesterday. Went to Staves, Flodge, I haven't heard of, and 12 Taps. Each venue was very compliant with regulations, and we all had to sign in for contact tracing. Both electronic and pen and paper was used. Uh, signs up with the maximum number in areas, the X's at the bar, sanitizer stations, etc. With reduced numbers, it felt a bit surreal and lacking vibe, as you'd imagine. Especially in the bigger venue, draft beer is still delicious, and I forgot how really expensive it is in the city at 10 to 15 bucks per schooner. Geogo. Nothing beats a pub lunch, though. A good day out, but something we will but not something we'll be racing back to do soon when we can get a similar experience home for much cheaper and we got used to you know, getting deliveries direct. Oh. Uh, staves were canning in silver bullets, so I'm guessing that's a, a cannibal. <laughs> A litre. Oh, so right. give Rowling's yeah. a plug. <laughs> so give, gave Rowling's a plug. Excellent. Good Almost could recite the number, but not quite. Uh, <laughs> work on that. <laughs> Only Pete can do that. We'll work on that. Uh, but it, yeah, it is interesting. We, um, uh, Mrs. Pilsner and I, celebrated the fact that uh, both the girls are back at school now. And we had the house to ourselves and didn't have meetings or other commitments, so we decided to go out for lunch. And yeah, had to book, had to have a credit card, uh, backing the thing, uh, a hard finish of, of one hour, um, and then. You know, all the, the 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 space, it does really affect the vibe. It's different when you've got a heap of tables around, but you're the only person in the place. It's different to every table's full, but you're sort of shouting distance from each other. It did, it did just feel um, a little bit odd. And I did feel very sorry for, because as um, Steve mentioned, you know, all the exes, um, for, like, for, you know, and there was this poor pirate there who was just going out of his mind. He just looked very confused. Um X marks the spot, no? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I saw yeah. that joke on uh, Facebook. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Pete, you're going to have to do better than that. <laughs> oh, well. Um, now, but, actually, uh, and just on that, because there, there was an interesting discussion on in the in the Facebook group about that one. And I, I do have to say that, you know, because like, I, I weighed in, I'd picked up on the element um, about, you know, especially in a bigger venue, draft beer is still um, – and I forgot how really expensive it is in the city. So I, I just sort of picked up that thread and had a bit of a chat with some people on that. And uh, you know, somebody who's very enthusiastic about craft beer um, came in and says, oh, we all need to get out and support, you know, not talk about price. We need to. I, I, I think if you are commenting in the Radio Brews News Facebook group, you can take it as read that we are inherently supportive of craft beer as a starting point and we're discussing yeah, and, some... and the question has to be asked do do we would some venues say look we're just going to put an extra dollar 50 on our regular beers to make up you oh, know, i would absolutely cause... pay that in in the current climate you know yeah, just to support yeah. the venues or leave a you know larger tip or you know those sorts of things um because you're going with with in a lot of cases with less than a quarter of your capacity but you've still got the minimum number of staff you need in order to service you know guest one and i quite like the way that venues are saying look that you've got a minimum spend of 60 dollars per person on you know beer and food or whatever um so so we know you know so you're not just going in and you know nursing the one beer for three hours um yeah. and and you know taking up space that somebody else could be using when they're turning people away um but the the the, the point that that raised for me was we've had people that have been out of venues for, for such a long time they've become conditioned to bottle shop prices um you know where you can get you know a sixer for 24 dollars um and suddenly they're going back in and you're getting two beers you're getting no change from that same 24 25 dollars after two beers or even you know 
less. You're not even getting two beers for that same uh, $24. That is, as Steve said, you know, it, it, it's almost a bit of a shock when you know, I forgot how really expensive it is. And this is something that I think venues need to be aware of, not now when we're, we don't have the vibe, but it, it's, one, it's one of those things that we're going to have a large mass of people that have forgotten about pub pricing. They've gotten out of the habit of it and they're going to be very, very conscious of that pub pricing when they're going into venues and they're going to be thinking, well, is this actually worth what I'm paying because, gee, you know, I really enjoyed having a you know, friend's home um, and having a really interesting selection of beers that we've curated um, at a much cheaper price than going out. Yeah, and yeah. you need to, and also being, being able to share, a, you know, a nine point six, you know, Russian Imperial Stout or something between three or four people to have a little bit of a try, mm. rather than having to go out and and you know, the minimum you can get is a, a schooner unless you ask, in which case the default's going to be a pint, mm. and yeah, you're probably paying seventy five dollars forty for it. Yeah, but, and, um, and and that, that's you know, I I think that's going to be one of the really inter- it was I, I thought it was a really um, I was really pleased that Steve posted that because it was a really insightful comment um, that that it had struck somebody who was very passionate about beer that the the the, the price jarred. Um, so again, think about you know people that aren't necessarily completely in the craft beer bubble. Um, yeah, that for them it's probably a little bit more discretionary. Um, and, and, and as they very. Um, eloquently points out, you know, we've we've kind of been spoiled by this new normal that we've had to adjust to, where uh, you can get a selection at home. Um, I got a um, what do they call it? Brick Lane calls it their Discovery Pack, mm-hmm. which is a which is a you know a hand put together. Um, it's it's not part of their packaging sort of thing, um, but it's a a selection of all of, all of their core beers. Yep. So either four or six of of you know each of the each of their their beers. Um, which for me was great because I had friends over. Uh, oh, yeah, we've heard about this brick lane, but you know, I, I I don't like you know basic sort of lager. I said, well, yeah, try the red hoppy, or the supernova. And all of those regional packs, like the um, Mornington Peninsula pack, and yeah, you know, High yep. Country, I think, and the High Country. Hills, and yeah. It, yeah. You know, if you if you can, you know, again, not necessarily buy it on Amazon, but you know, buy it on wherever <laughs> your delivery um, comes from, and you have this nicely curated selection of craft beers at a you know, significant discount um, to... Perhaps get a nice box of mixed cheese with it to go with it, Matt. You possibly could. Didn't I, you I, do that? Didn't you, you got cheese, didn't you? Uh, I, well, I got some cheese separately, um, not as part of it, but um, I know that Bent Spoke did their cheesy cheesy beers. Oh, yeah. that's a great they, they, idea. They did a beer and cheese pack, and, and that's mm. the thing. So, you know, as people have gotten used to that, they need a reason to go... They, well, they, they may need a reason um, to go to the pub. And, you know, venues, you know, I, I think part of the attraction of going to venues over the last, you know, five or six years, you know, uh, brew pubs, is that feeling of being in amongst the tanks and things like that. Um, but as we've... And, had, and and that community spirit of people sharing the same, you know, these yep. are my people. Yep. Yeah. And when, when those people are kind of separated <laughs> by X's and uh, distance and polished concrete... It, it it does yeah it does it, it's, it, it's going to feel a little bit different and yeah. look for um, people down in uh, Victoria at the end of June the they're looking at the the next stage of restrictions to be loosened um, I don't know what it's like for you isolationist states that are um, you know keeping everybody <laughs> locked in how you guys are going we're keeping the riffraff out mate <laughs> <laughs> keeping the riffraff. mainly Pete really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, we asked Anastasia on purpose, especially especially Pete Mitchum. Yeah, jeez. But, but, but I, I guess we're, the we're point so I was happy making... that we're you know we're paying so much more of our GST goes to you blokes. Oh, and now, and now you want to keep I, us out. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Um, but, but yeah, just just finish off that point because straight away when I read Steve's the day before I'd been to my first, first restaurant meal in months, um, and it was a little Turkish restaurant. The food was fantastic. Um, the service was excellent. But I had that moment where I looked at it and I sort of thought, well, is this food that I could get? You know, make myself at home, and you know there, there are some things you can do a pretty good stab at, maybe without all of the foams and um, soils and that sort of thing. The lutes, yep. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it was lovely food, really well presented, and you sort of think I have absolutely no issues with paying, you know, three times the bottle shop price for this wine because it's the whole package. But I, you know, I, I think particularly at brew pubs. Um, and I think a lot of venues haven't focused on their hospitality side because they've just relied on the fact that they were people were going. And you know, I think Steve's comment was it is very well worth looking at the value that you're offering. That's not just you know in, in terms of everything to justify the price that you're asking yeah. people to pay. No, exactly. Uh, looking at the timepiece on the wall, it's probably time we move on and wrap this one up. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't forget, yeah, you can support us in many different ways. Send us in a, a letter if you'd like us to uh, have something to read out and uh, say nice things about you. You don't have to say nice things about us, by the way, in your, in you your reviews. You don't have to say just, nice things, no. Just be honest. Yeah. Just be honest. But then again, if you're going to leave a one-star review, well, why would you listen to us, really? Well, yeah. no, if you're going to leave us a one-star um, review, let effort. us know because yeah. we do read we them. Got we, we do take them incredibly personally. Um, and we, we do. Yeah. We, we are constantly <laughs> the, the, improving. The cook, the cook limit is, is uh, you know, evidence of that. Uh, so we do thank uh, Cryo Malt, we do thank Relling's label stickers and packaging, and we do thank uh, our good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor Good Brews Week. I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. Matt Kierkegaard, thanks very much again for joining us. Thank you, Pete. Claire Boom Boom Burnett, always a pleasure to have you on board. Is this kind of going to be a regular thing? Are we going to dust so. Jimmy off now that, oh, now well, that we're allowed we'll to? see what he's up to. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, Physical we, we certainly slightly will. less. Yeah, no, no. Now that, um, now, now that we, we can actually get groups of people together, we will be getting Jimmy back. Excellent. Enjoy your week, guys, no matter uh, where that sort of takes you. I know we've got a couple of weeks of uh, the kidlets back at school and then school holidays. So um, it'll be interesting to see the next round of, of what the new normal brings us in terms of uh, where we can go and what we can do. So whatever you're doing, enjoy it. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you all again for the next episode of Bruce Newsweek. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 